I'm Jerome Hudson, Breitbart News Entertainment Editor, author of the book, 50 Things They Don't Want You to Know About Trump. This is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. Well, the Title 42 electric boogaloo continues. U.S. Supreme Court halted the court decision to end Title 42. That allows the policy to remain in effect while the Biden administration continues to not support or maybe support the policy. Biden's migrants are displacing Americans from homeless shelters. Thousands of them are being released from migrant camps in El Paso and freezing on the streets in that town. Election denier Congressman Jamie Raskins, the Democrat from Maryland, announced that the January 6th committee would refer former President Donald Trump for criminal investigation. It's probably going to go nowhere at Merrick Garland's Department of Justice. Twitter and their top ranks were filled with ex-FBI agents and executives. Many of these employees were swept away by Elon Musk, but how many of them remain on the payroll? We discuss all of that and more on today's program. denier, the Democrat from Maryland, Jamie Raskin, who I believe Alex Marlowe is still trying to track down his hairdresser. Uh, Congressman Raskin, election denier, I should say, announced Monday that the January 6th committee would refer former President Donald Trump for criminal investigation by the Department of Justice for four charges, not one, not two, not three, but four charges, ladies and gentlemen. These charges include conspiracy to defraud the United States, obstruction of an official proceeding, conspiracy to make a false statement, and incitement assisting in aiding and comforting an insurrection against the country. Raskin himself, Joe Pollack points out, has objected to past certifications of election results which is the same action at the center of the charges that he and the rest of the sham January 6th committee uh, voted unanimously to refer the former president for prosecution to the Justice Department. Here is Jamie Raskin in 2017 objecting to Florida's electoral votes. Uh, And you may recognize the voice that shuts down the election denier Jamie Raskin. Cut one. What purpose is member right? Uh, I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified because they violated Florida's prohibition against dual office holding. The debate is out of order. Section 15 and 17 of the Title III of the United States Code require that any objection be presented in writing, signed by both members of the House of Representatives, both a member of the House of Representatives and a senator. Is the objection in writing and signed not only by the member of the House of Representatives, but also by a senator? It is in writing, Mr. President. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. Now, you can't see the election denier Congressman Jamie Raskin's face, but trust me when I tell you, it is one of shame and defeat. Jamie Raskins, an election denier himself, you just heard him trying to up in or stop the election, the Democratic election of Donald Trump in 2017. And that was, yes, that was a sharp Joe Biden, a little bit larger turkey neck. Uh, He he probably had a few more hair, hair plugs, but that was a sharp Joe Biden shutting down the election denier Jamie Raskins in 2017. Jamie Raskins was, you heard Jamie Raskins there attacking democracy and what do you know what do you know joe biden saved he saved us all um (laughs) uh, raskins and the committee also announced that four members of the republican opposition joe pollack continues including house minority leader kevin mccarthy who is likely the next speaker of the house more on that later would be referred to the house ethics committee for sanctions because they refused to obey subpoenas to testify in front of the fraud sham January 6th committee. 
My words, not Joel's. But Joel continues, Democrats took the unprecedented step of targeting the opposition after rejecting McCarthy's right to choose minority members of the committee. You remember that whole thing. McCarthy wanted uh, Jordan and some other folks on the January 6th committee and Pelosi shut it down. Whole thing's a farce. Here's the meat of it from Joe Pollack. Nowhere in the enabling resolution is the sham January 6th committee granted the authority to make criminal referrals to the J Department of Justice or to sanction members of Congress or even to issue subpoenas without consultation with a recognized ranking member who leads the minority members of the committee. Oy, there are none. <laughs> they missed that opportunity. The committee is likely to set the disbanded, uh, uh, the committee is likely set to be disbanded, excuse me, when the new Republican-led House takes office in two weeks. Of course, as Joe Pollack has written before, we need to save the January 6th committee. I wholeheartedly agree. It is, let's keep the witch hunt going, but we give the speaker's gavel to Kevin McCarthy and do it that way. I mean, the whole thing's a joke anyway, right? Let's just keep the joke going. Turn the cannons, if you will, not real cannons, but uh, turn them on the Democrats. That probably won't happen, just like Donald Trump won't be arrested and hauled off and put and sized up and put into an orange jumpsuit. It's not going to happen. Uh, effectively, uh, uh, this thing is not worth the paper that it was written on. Uh, boy, Jamie, Rask I'm tempted to play that audio of Jamie Raskin's getting shut down by Joe Biden when Jamie Raskin's tried to stop Donald Trump's Democratic election to the presidency. That's good stuff right there. Um, that's the farce and the folly. Now to the real stuff. So breaking news late into the evening on Monday night, Title 42, uh, which was set to end about 24 hours from now on December 21st uh, may not happen. United States Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts halted the lower court's decision to end Title 42, allowing the public, the, excuse me, the policy to remain in effect while litigation is pending in federal court. So that litigation is now the Joe Biden Justice Department. Uh, we're told that they have until Tuesday night at a, at around 9 p.m., uh, I think is their deadline to actually appeal uh, their, uh, their, the, the Chief Justice Roberts' uh, stay in the matter. So there's a legal battle. The Biden administration initially wanted to roll back Title 42, but they realized they couldn't just do what, you know, Obama, I think, maybe popularized, which is to just not enforce a policy. It's not a law passed by Congress, uh, but they but the Justice Department and the DHS do the DHS has to enforce it. And they, they realized they couldn't just do that. A bunch of lawsuits from Republican governors and Republican attorneys generals sort of forced the Biden administration's hand. Um, and now they're actually having to go to court, not to fight to enforce the rule that would protect the country from, I don't know, perhaps millions of illegal immigrants pouring over the border into the interior of the country. But the Biden administration... Uh, lawyers are now having to go to court to argue that they want Title 42 to be disbanded. So we will get more big breaking news, but that's where we are on Title 42 for now. G Chief Justice John Roberts halting a lower court's decision to end the policy that uh, gave border uh, agents the 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 the, uh, the ability to do a fast uh, process removal uh, because, and I think we're still in the middle of a pandemic. I think the several blue states are trying to mass people up, but let's let all of the Im illegal immigrants in from all over the world, uh, you know, just let them all in, but make sure they mask up or something. Uh, Donald Trump is out there. Uh, saying that Congress needs to actually make federal law several of the immigration policies that he put in place when he was president, uh, many of which helped contribute to one of the 
safest and secure borders that we've seen in a generation. Donald Trump called on Congress to include a total and permanent ban, quote unquote, this from Jordan Dixon Hamilton, Breitbart reporter, attorney at law, and federal spending bill on any president uh, using taxpayer dollars to release illegal aliens into the country. So, so ban any dollars that would be used uh, to basically be a conduit for the mass murdering Mexican cartels, which is basically what the G- DHS is. The Department of Homeland Security, under the direction of Alejandro Mayorkas, is is basically the middleman for these mass murdering cartels. Vice President Prince, Pence said he was at a visiting Border Patrol uh, agents. He visited the border. He was right there, feet, feet away from the legal border between the United States and Mexico. And he's like 100 yards away, a football field away. He could see a cartel spotter. <laughs> I mean, they were, they were literally smuggling people in. Um, this from the president, quote, that is why Republicans must do whatever it takes to prevent Mitch McConnell from passing his sellout omnibus bill. Second, the the president Trump, former president Trump called on Congress to codify all Trump era immigration policies into federal law. The president said, quote, my title 42 policy must be legislatively restored and made permanent, making clear that it can be used in any circumstance the president deems necessary for border management, end quote. Quote, likewise, remain in Mexico, our safe third country agreements, expedited removals, and many other vital Trump policies must be enshrined in federal law, end quote. Finally, former President Trump uh, said that current, uh, uh, said that, quote, criminal penalties for any senior official or political appointee who orders, aids, or abets a mass release of illegal aliens into the United States, end quote. So criminal penalties. Quote, what these open border extremists are doing to our country is criminal, the president said, and it should be punished as such. Trump continued, this is good stuff here, quote, in the meantime, as we brace for a wave of illegal immigrants and illegal mass migration, the likes of which we have never seen before. Our prayers are with the brave border agents and ICE officers who Biden has so viciously betrayed. We thank them for their service and we stand with them as they fight to keep bloodthirsty criminals, savage gangs, sadistic drug cartels, child and women smugglers and human traffickers out of our country. This is all amazing stuff. I really wish that the president would just use some of that Mm, billion dollar cash to buy network airwave time. They'll take his money because ABC, NBC and CBS need the cash. I I just want to see, uh, you know, weekly fireside chats from the former president who could very easily just be the current president. Because, you know, between Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, more on Kamala Harris later, we ain't got we we don't have a presidency. We don't really have an administration right now. We just got like a roving gang of buffoons who show up every once in a while to do a softball interview. Uh, They send Corrine Jean-Pierre out there, who who, who is probably the best highly paid chief propagandist that's ever been elevated to the position of White House spokesperson. She's the best. She gives non-answers. You know, the FBI apparently is... Is it has overrun Twitter, and and has been infiltrated in that social media company for years. Karine Jean Pierre has asked about it, and Karine Jean Pierre is like, "Oh, well, go to the DOJ. Uh, you know, the agency that 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 runs the FBI." Um. Donald Trump said this, and this is what I would like to to see him give in a primetime address. You know, C-SPAN 3 will carry it. I don't know. Quote, it re- reward Joe Biden's lawlessness. Uh, it, it, Trump is talking about he's warning Republicans not to grant amnesty. And he and, and Trump is warning that the amnesty chatter will will happen after these illegal immigrants 
you know, a, a million or two of which are already in the country. Donald Trump is saying that the amnesty chatter and the amnesty hawks will rise again. It's not really happened yet, but he's saying it will. And he's saying, quote, it would reward Joe Biden's lawlessness. It would reward the criminal cartels. It would reward child traffickers. And it would reward everyone who has broken the laws of our nation. Additionally, amnesty would result in massively more illegal aliens and drugs pouring into our American communities. I think he should probably go to like, you know, I don't know, like Dayton, Ohio, I hear has a horrific drug overdose uh, issue. A lot of Mexican opioids coming into that country. I think there were six seizures in Arizona on Saturday, almost a million fentanyl pills seized in, in just six busts and like 25 pounds of fentanyl powder. I imagine, like, do the do the law enforcement agents who who hold these raids do they have to just have wear hazmat suits? Because apparently, being around fentanyl, just 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 touching it, ah, uh, will kill you. Almost a million uh, uh, pills. I mean, that's that's got to be enough to kill a lot of people. That's good stuff from the president. I, I just I just I just want him to like go to a town and just you know fill it up just pay for everyone who has been affected negatively by what what joe biden is allowing the mexican cartels to do these people are making billions of dollars smuggling humans you know alexandria ocasio-cortez is not at the border crying about it so the the media the establishment media isn't covering it I think Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is recording a, a Twitter TikTok dance challenge video right now. So, you know, if 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 AOC donned in an, in white shirt and white pants isn't clinging to a, a, a border sector facility gate with tears in her eyes, the establishment media doesn't care about the invasion happening in the country, but it's absolutely happening. Um, in an interview on NPR on Sunday, uh, that aired on Monday's morning edition, El Paso, uh, Texas city manager, uh, Tommy Gonzalez, he said, uh, we're just focusing on the fact that we need more resources because when title 42 does lift, we need to have the means for food processing and being able to shelter or have holding areas in order for us to then get the illegal immigrants to buses, if that's going to be their mode of transportation and getting them to the airport. You know, he didn't say it, but you know, once we get them to on the buses or the airports, then they'll be coming to a community near you. The El Paso, Texas city manager uh, continued. He said, we have asked the federal government to all of the federal officials that we have spoken to, especially the appointed officials, that if they could open up federal facilities like Fort Bliss, I mean, this is no different. We told them then in terms of numbers than the Afghanistan situation that happened not too long ago. And Fort Bliss was opened up for that because we're taking we're talking, excuse me, we're talking about thousands upon thousands of people that are crossing daily now. So if you if you can't if you have not seen the video footage of Thousands of illegal immigrants crowded and packed into facilities or the thousands, I think 14,000 right now waiting at Tijuana. It's 35 degrees on Tuesday morning in El Paso, Texas. They got hundreds or thousands of people sleeping on the streets, which doesn't make El Paso, Texas unique in this light. People are sleeping on the streets in, in, from El Paso, Texas to Denver, Colorado to illegal aliens overrunning New York City, Washington, D.C. Um, I, I, I went over to because I said, you know, I want to I want to highlight what Brandon Darby and Bob Price and Randy Clark and Aldefonso Ortiz the whole border team is doing you, you just go to their to their page at breitbart.com 
the, the lead story released migrants camp on El Paso streets in freezing conditions. That's from Bob Price. El Paso sector border patrol officials released more than 10,000 migrants in El Paso during the past week. Now, as temperatures fall below freezing, thousands are forced to camp on the streets after shelters close their doors due to overcrowding. Again, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez isn't clinging to a gate crying because of the overcrowding, because of people drowning, trying to get here illegally. For all the sexual assaults and rapes that are happening to the women, the, the, the boys and the girls. She, she, she's not crying, so the establishment media doesn't care. But the suffering on a level that perhaps we've never actually seen is happening on the southern border right now. Randy Clark, former Border Patrol agent, 800 migrants crossed into Texas border town in five hours. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. A cartel gunman arrested for Mexico City extortion scheme. Well, that's that's insane. Uh, the aforementioned Randy Clark has exclusive uh, details. Uh, a Border Patrol intelligence alert warns the situation along the southwest border is expected to worsen as tens of thousands of migrants prepare to move to the United States border from southern Mexico, according to a source within the Border Patrol sent via official email that Randy Clark intercepted. I'm sure he was passed along to it by these brave individuals. The, de- the, the, the email advises Border Patrol agents that more than 40,000 migrants in southern Mexico may soon head north. You know, according to Martha Raddatz, this is Greg Abbott's fault. Um, the, the, the aforementioned White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre uh, said during a press briefing, well, I'll just let you hear it from her cut too. Uh, but again, we are doing the work. The president has been doing the work at the border since day one. <laughs> doing the work, guys. They're doing the work. You, it, I, the numbers are so gaudy, and it's just so hard sometimes to keep keep them all together. You know, you got you got thousands sleeping on the street in just El Paso, Texas. I think there are six hundred and seventy thousand residents of El Paso, Texas. That number uh, could could balloon. Uh, easily, it, it seems, to about a million. And about 40, 30, 40% of that million, just, just illegal immigrants. Just people living in just El Paso, Texas, who were not living there a month ago. It's hard to fathom. El Paso mayor de- declares disaster after migrant border surge ends, uh, in, uh, ahead of migrant border surge and into Title 42. Um, armed human smuggler arrested in Arizona near border. Uh, you got the, you got the Sinaloa cartel, uh, uh, which is one of the two largest, uh, Mexican cartels. Uh, they're, they're in an all out hot war with, with, with rival cartels. Um, it, 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 I, I don't, I don't actually understand what is happening. And the only thing that I could always go back to is, um, you know, Joe Biden put Kamala Harris in charge of all of this. And she spoke to NPR this week and she says that they're, they're going to do everything. The Biden administration is doing everything that they can to to handle what what might be an influx. These people hate you. They hate this country. And you know it because they can't even, they can't even, they have access to up, up to the minute intelligence. What's happening on the border, what's happening 6,000 miles away from where I'm sitting around the world. Kamala Harris knows this. She won't even say that the influx of hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants from all across the world is a thing. She's like, oh, well, it might be an influx. Cut five. I'm curious if there's anything you feel that that you all can do unilaterally. And I, I guess I say this in part because the governor of your home state of California, he told ABC News that 
you know, what we've got right now isn't working. And I'm quoting him here. He said that it's about to break in a post-42 world unless we take responsibility and ownership. And it sounds like the situation in certain states, I guess in California in particular, is incredibly dire with the fear that things will become unsustainable in the weeks ahead. Well, listen, I think that it is right to say that we need leadership on this issue, in, in particular from Congress. Now, the president and I in our administration, we are going to do everything that's within our ability as the executive branch. And that means, again, putting more agents um, on the border as appropriate so that we can manage um, what might be an influx. It is about increasing the work that we have been increasing around arresting human smugglers. And it is the work that we have been doing that has been about bringing the partners and the allies together on an international level, understanding that we are seeing these migration trends around the globe. And in particular, the work that we have done that has been about addressing the root causes of migration from, for example, okay. the okay. northern part of okay. Central America I, I actually is having an impact. I can't. I guess she's literally not saying anything. Um, there you have it. That is uh, your borders are and Vice President Kamala Harris. So a recent report from New York Post claims that Twitter's top ranks are filled with ex-FBI agents and executives. Many of these employees were swept away by Elon Musk's massive layoffs, but some feds are likely still on the payroll. Boy, it'd be, it'd be nice to know, you know, you know the, 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 the man who is the, the superman of free speech himself, Elon Musk. You'd like, to, you'd like to think he knows if he has... I don't know, agents who are sympathetic to the coup that occurred in 2020 still on the payroll at Twitter. Um, uh, Emma Jo Morris, who will join the program later today, she said the censorship of the New York Post laptop from hell series, which she wrote (laughs) on social media platforms, was an operation by the Federal Bureau of Investigations and other intelligence community members according to a tranche of twitter files that's right released monday folks we got the seventh edition of the twitter files it was a bombshell image of morris actually said this was the worst tranche since hopefully i i don't have to ever say the word tranche again journalist michael schellenberger reported based on documents he obtained from elon musk that federal agents quote discredited factual information about Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings both after and before the New York Post revealed the contents of his laptop on October 14, 2020, working with top management at Twitter to censor and disparage the Post reporting on evidence of now President Joe Biden's personal business involvement with corrupt and adversarial regimes in Asia and Europe in the run-up to the 2020 election. So the same FBI that was in possession of Hunter Biden's laptop went to Twitter executives and warned them that a story about Hunter Biden's laptop or a series of stories about Hunter Biden's laptop was imminent, looming, was on the way. And that they, as the FBI did, communicate to Facebook executives, and Mark Zuckerberg just happened to blurt that out on a podcast, FBI basically warned Twitter that this would be fake news. This would be a part of a capture and release propaganda campaign from the Kremlin and that they should act accordingly. Now, it was easy for the FBI to actually communicate this to Twitter because apparently Twitter was had a bunch of former FBI agents on the payroll. Image Morris continues, journalist Schallenberger revealed that there was, quote, an organized effort by representatives of the intelligence community aimed to, at senior executives at news and social media companies, end quote, to smear factual and accurate stories based on a hard drive belonging to Hunter Biden, which the FBI had in its possession almost a year before the Post reporting and knew was authentic. I asked on this program just 24 hours ago. We could talk about abolishing the Federal Bureau of Investigations. Uh, okay. Uh, my question is, do we need this organization? I'll ask Joe Pollack that. I'll also ask Joe Pollack the same question that I know Joe Pollack has. How in the hell can people seriously argue the, the legality of 
of Section 230, now that it, it appears that there was there was Twitter executives doing some work at the behest of the Department of Justice in the run-up to a presidential election. I mean, that Twitter was a private company, but they had employees of the FBI communicating with their executives. They had former FBI agents working inside of Twitter doing the same work. The, 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 the federal t- taxpayer dollars were apparently given to Twitter for the work that Twitter was doing to basically aid and abet a coup. Uh, Emma Jo Morris continues that Schrollenberger details how agents outside the company worked to get Twitter management, many of whom were former agents of the FBI themselves, to embrace the narrative that documents showing the Biden family earning tens of millions of dollars from Eastern European oligarchs and the Chinese Communist Party were part of a, quote, Russian hack and leak operation, end quote. And that censor reporting, censoring reporting on those documents on that premise. The narrative would then also be adopted by virtually all of legacy media in the lead up to the voting day on 2020 and used to buttress the decision not to report on the material. Uh, it goes on, but you get the point. And Emma Jo Morris will certainly flesh it out because she was at the epicenter of this attack on our democracy. I mean, this is it. This is FBI agents both former agents working at Twitter and current agents, a whole office at the FBI, just a cabal of agents following somebody's directions. Christopher Ray should actually live at Capitol Hill. That is how many hearings he should be summoned to. I'm not even sure if we need to talk to anybody else. Uh, uh, I, I'm not sure if, if, if congressional Republicans need to grill anybody else with Christopher Ray. What he knew and when he knew it and what he did about what he knew as it pertains to, to, to Twitter employing a, basically a gang of spies leading up to the 2020 election to block and tackle hurtful information to Joe Biden's chances to win the presidency. We know this because Media Research Center Uh, conducted a poll and asked hundreds of Democrats if they would have possibly changed their, the way that they voted in the 2020 presidential election. And almost 20% of them said, yes, had they known the damaging information that Emma Jo Morris reported that, that Breitbart's own Peter Schweitzer had been reporting about the Biden family corruption for years. 866-957-2874. That's the number to call. Do we even need a federal bureau investigation? I, I mean, I, I know they're good people. I, I've met good agents at my former uh, em, employership. I, I met good agents who were very much interested in the all too common graft that takes place at the state and federal levels of government in this country. They, they, they couldn't believe the operation that was built to uncover it. But hey, we were a bunch of researchers. We didn't have prosecutorial power. Uh, they're good people at, at, at the FBI, but you know, do we need it? Does the Federal Bureau of Investigation need to exist? Because what we have right now is some sort of Soviet-style campaign. <laughs> Breitbart Politics Editor joins the program to talk about the new Twitter files dump. Emma Jo, uh, there are a few people on the planet, yourself, uh, Breitbart's own uh, Peter Schweitzer, uh, who were so intimately involved in this story that changed the course of history in this country. Um, You were the editor at the 
Washington, excuse me, the New York Post, who did the initial reporting on Hunter Biden's laptop from hell. We got the seventh iteration of the Twitter files. This dump, you said, was the worst ever. Peeling back the largest curtain and and, and, and and pretty much laying on stunning details about how the FBI and other intelligence services agencies not only helped kill your reporting about Hunter Biden's laptop, but that that operation from the FBI, that campaign to stifle uh, the news reporting uh, was 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 months or at least a year in the making. Uh, yeah, this this company was totally compromised, um, was what we learned yesterday. Uh, Twitter, you know, I, I tweeted this and it's like kind of a turn of phrase, but also not. Like Twitter seems to have been itself an intelligence operation. Um, Twitter had no respect for the First Amendment, no respect for the Fourth Amendment, no respect for the Fifth Amendment. There were feds working with Twitter on the outside, and then there were feds working inside Twitter. Um, Yoel Roth talking to FBI when he went to go talk to his lawyer about what he's supposed to be talking to the FBI about. His lawyer was FBI, Jim Baker. Um, this whole thing is a disgusting mess. And what we learned yesterday was, yeah, that um, Twitter is a fed it's, it's a Fed in and out, and um, the Fed didn't want you to read the laptop for help. Did you did you have any idea um, when you obtained the laptop? When did you realize that the FBI had also had it? When did you? Did, did, I mean, when did I knew do from you remember? Second, that was part of what convinced me that this was worth doing. So I get a phone call and it's from, you know, the the pirate ship of of known Republican operatives. And I don't believe them. Hmm. And part of the way that they got me to just stay on the phone was that there was a federal subpoena given to the computer repair shop owner when he gave the laptop to the FBI first a year before me. So that was something that I knew from day one. Um, it was something that actually helped convince me to pursue the story. Um, and, and it was something that I published in the New York Post on October 14, 2020, the first day that I published the Laptop and Health series. So here's my question. You have about 80 FBI agents working in concert with high-ranking Twitter officials to stifle information, news reporting about that derived from a laptop that was in the FBI's possession at least a year prior to you doing the reporting at the New York Post. You have a former spy who, who's a, one of the high-ranking officials at Twitter, James Baker, the former you know, FBI general counsel. I, I, I mean, is it is it crazy to think that, that communication between high-ranking Biden presidential campaign officials was happening at the same time, either with Twitter executives or FBI uh, 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 officials. I mean, the, 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 the collusion, but I'm, I'm saying, is it crazy to think, was there a collusion between Biden presidential campaign, Twitter and the FBI? Well, I mean, nothing's crazy right now. <laughs> where we are. <laughs> That would be the least. Crazy I just don't. I just don't like, hear anybody. Yeah, Democrats and they're talking to Democrats. I, well, I just don't hear anyone because that's that seems like an obvious point. But as our boss, uh, Mr. Solov, always makes the point, is like the obvious point is the one that that people usually don't make. I mean, I I don't think I've heard anyone ask that question, and it it feels creepy. It sounds a little absurd, but it's 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 almost so obvious. Um, I have one thing that is kind of a point that people don't really make that I think might be, might speak to that, but it could not, you know, I don't know. I, this is, we're just assuming, but when the first, when we got the first hint that the intelligence community was involved in the suppression of the laptop from hell, it was the political story that 51 former intelligence officials say that this is Russian disinformation, you know, that now notorious headline. 
Um, and when that headline published, like literally within two minutes, hmm. um, Jen Psaki, um, who was the White House press secretary and, and was the press secretary on the campaign, she tweeted that headline out immediately, like immediately, like zero seconds reaction time. She wouldn't have even had time to have read it. Um, and that was something that was brought up afterwards between me and some people who I talked to who are smarter than me as odd. That was odd. That was very fast. But yeah. what do you do with that? I don't know. I mean, that's not proof well, of anything. She could have, she could have, you know, Google That's a hell alerts. of a Google alert. I don't know. For Russia. <laughs> yeah, Maybe she has a Google alert set for Russia. It's a hell of a Google alert. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Emma Jo Moore, Emma Jo Moore is Breitbart uh, News Politics Editor, uh, joining the program right now. Um, there's been, before we got the first iteration, Emma, of the Twitter files, people were saying, congressmen were were intimating, bringing up the point, you know, the, 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 the FBI needs to be disbanded. And I now, for two days... I, I I I concede to that, right? Sure, it 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 certainly feels like the FBI needs to be disbanded. I'm not. I, that's that's I'm a t- that <laughs> it seems seems uh, sexy now. But you know, and I don't. I, I know Twitter's a private entity, and I'll ask the uh, Harvard well, trained. Well, well, no, I was gonna say I'll ask the Harvard trained lawyer Joel Pollack next. You know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but what I want to ask you, I, I kind of feel like, you know, look, say we disband the FBI. W- w- do we need one? I mean, do we like do we need to do what the what the congressmen have been saying? We need to we need to tear it down and build it up again. Well, if listen, let me let me tell you what wasn't in yesterday's Twitter files. Um, so we all know that Twitter has um, a really bad child porn problem. And it has a really bad problem of proliferating material that shows child abuse um, and sexual abuse of children. Um, and maybe I could like say like, you know, I'm really glad that there's cops around where there's child porn. You know, maybe I could say that. But out of all the feds that were crawling around, <laughs> they weren't looking for child porn and they weren't fixing that problem. Child, a child porn like Twitter is known for being horrible at dealing with that problem. And now we know that not only is Twitter horrible at dealing with that problem, but Twitter, quote unquote, which is actually a wasp's nest of agents, was the one bad at dealing with that problem. So it would appear that even with all of those spies Hmm. that were crawling around that, that, they were literally just there for censorship. They were not there to enforce U.S. law. It, it is it is an amazing point uh, to be made, it, it, as, particularly at a time when people are asking, "Well, what is the FBI doing? What is the FBI's role?" Like they, they well, that's they, it exactly. It's like I don't know, like like talking trash about the New York Post. Uh, oh, oh, they're oh, oh. not there to enforce child porn laws. That's for sure. Um, where do we go from here now that we know that there were FBI agents working in concert on a daily basis with high-ranking Twitter officials? Some of those Twitter employees were ex-FBI agents themselves to, to thwart news reporting uh, that you did on based on information that the FBI had in its possession, um, b- leaving that aside, what 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 should the American people want? How should the American people view the 2020 election, given everything that we now know, which we have to assume isn't even everything we could know? Like, again, I'd like to see the communication between Biden campaign officials uh, establishment media members, the FBI and Twitter executives, but leaving that aside, how does, how does, cause again, like this was, tr- I almost said the T word. This was dump number seven. <laughs> we don't even know how many of these dumps we're going to get. I mean, but right now, given what we know, uh, 
I mean, what? How how do we even how do how do we go forward? I honestly don't know how I mean, we have the an first FBI. First thing I would advise my fellow citizens to do after thinking about the 2020 election: take a shower because this is disgusting. <laughs> this is disgusting. It's disgusting. The government was the one doing this. It wasn't even like you had some neurotic millennials who are progressive activists who were doing it. This is the government. This was the government. And not only was it them, they were cultivating the neurotic millennials. Like you had Yoel Ross, I think the, the word that was used was primed. He was primed. And, and you actually do see, I mean, I really am reticent to give Twitter any credit whatsoever because they allowed themselves to become um, co-opted by the federal government. But you do see in these communications, Yoel Ross kind of pushing back. You know, I definitely urge all of our listeners to go read this thread. It's the most remarkable thing I've ever seen in my life. But you see um, evidence of him kind of, you know, the FBI is like, you have all this Russian disinformation. And, and Yoel Ross says, like, wait, no, we don't. And he and he pushes back on, on a number of articles that are sent to him. And he says, like, look, at, this is our data that shows that, like, this isn't going on or it isn't going on to an extent that that's, like, anything worth anything. Um, and he does try to like resist this at first, or at least he appears to debate with the with the agents about how much censorship on the premise of Russian disinformation is required. Um, and then they just kind of get him security, like they escalate their efforts to try to get him on board. They get him temporary top secret security clearance so that they can work more seamlessly together. Um, they bring him to to the Aspen Institute for like a conference about this like so it's it's crazy like they are making a big effort and putting a lot of resources into this um top secret security clearance so anyway i mean so that's it it's like you know at the at, at the onset we thought that this was either incompetence or obviously you know people people with a political bias at twitter who were trying to use their power at Twitter to make the election go their way. But now, yeah, I mean, what we have here is a security state. And I've been saying this, and this is just another another point on that board that I hate, to be honest, because I don't want this to be the case. I, I hate this. I love this country, you know, but we have another thing that illustrates that we have a security state that is its own entity with its own interests, apart from the U.S. nation. And, and the U.S. people, and it has its own kind of thing going on that doesn't have the same interests or rules, for that matter, as the U.S. and the, the American people. And when the American people do things like the New York Post did that, does, that the security state doesn't like or that could lead to an outcome that the security state doesn't have in its interest, um, it just ends that. It, it uses its power, which are tremendous and more power than any one American citizen has or any group of American citizens have and and uses it to squash whatever is going on that it doesn't like. And sometimes that includes a free and fair election. Emma Jo Morris, Breitbart News Politics Editor, joining the program. Uh, lastly, Emma Jo, William Barr was the attorney general uh, during this, at least 2019, 2020. But Christopher Ray has is is today and was the uh, head of the uh, director of the FBI since 2017. I, I submit that Christopher Ray should never leave a congressional hearing once Kevin McCarthy becomes speaker. He should be grilled on camera under oath in perpetuity. That's just, you know, if I had my way. He does have questions to ask, like a lot of them. Christopher Ray, correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, as an American citizen, Christopher Ray should never show his face in public again. I mean, he is such a, such a disgrace. This whole thing is such a disgrace. Um, I can't imagine being the person who would have been in charge of these people who were doing this. I don't believe that they were acting on their own. I mean, how would they even have that authority? They were granting clearances. So it's there's yeah there's a lot of questions for Ray to answer and I think there's a lot of questions for Bar to answer. I mean the first thing that kind of came to me after I finished 
trying to think about this and get this all into my brain and, and have some sort of thought about it, it was how high does this go? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, these are obviously employees of the executive branch. I don't believe that Trump was, you know, privy to any of this or aware of any of this or definitely not supportive of any of this, um, especially given this the video that he released last week where he talked about this and talked about trying to end it, which I thought was actually a, a very impressive policy suggestion. But so I don't think that it has to do with Trump, which is the big boss at the time. Um, so who knew? Yeah. Did Bill Barno? He's their, their boss, too. Did Christopher Ray know? He's definitely their boss. Who knew? Who was granting this? Who was like, yeah, you know, why don't you, quote, unquote, prime the head censor at Twitter? This is all very... Um, this needs... This is a, There's a lot of questions that, yeah. that must be answered. I mean, and, and, you know, I feel stupid saying that because these people clearly do not give do not care about earning the american people's trust good say they have violated the american people's trust on the most fundamental levels all the way up and down they do not care about the american people's trust so you know i mean this is all just an exercise for you and me of talking that's kind of how i feel right now um hopefully it, it won't in there um Bill Barr and Christopher Ray either were ignorant of that this coup was going on between the FBI and Twitter employees, or they knew about it and did nothing, or they were in on it themselves. Only three options they have. Emma Jo, uh, thank you so much for joining the program. You have my permission. I'm not your boss, but you do have my permission to take a mental health break today. <laughs> I'll be begging away. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you out there. This is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. Thanks for listening. I got-